everyone. Welcome back to Should I Call a Therapist? I'm Jane Margaret. In 2009, um, we did a slew of marathons. Two, two marathons. April was the Boston Marathon, and then November, early November, was the New York City Marathon. And a bunch of my stories are set in New York because I went there a lot. As a child, I was obsessed with New York because of the book Eloise and how she lived at the Plaza Hotel. That seemed amazing, and I absolutely loved it. I really wanted to be Eloise. Well, I wanted to be anywhere except where I was. And But being Eloise sounded amazing, fabulous. That little girl just ran the hotel. And then she got ice cream sundaes just sent up to her room on a whim. It's amazing. She had people around her all the time. Seemed great. She wore cute clothes. As an adult, and even a young adult, I got myself to New York as often as I could. In, I don't know when, but... When we moved to Denver, we met a group of friends, and I've, I've told this before, but we met a group of friends, and among the friends was Christy. And Christy, a couple years later, moved to New York, and she had a really cool job with ESPN, and I would go visit pretty regularly. I would go, just by myself I would go. And so we got a little routine. I had a walking route that I would go on while she was at work, and really, really fun memories of visiting New York when she lived there. In addition, so in 2009, we were going to New York for the marathon. And I don't think that me and my ex husband, I don't think we had ever been to New York together. I'd been there a bunch since Christy lived there, but I hadn't been there with him so this was going to be our first trip together which doesn't really matter but well I guess it does because he wanted to go do some of the touristy kind of things um I don't think we went in the um I don't think we went in the Empire State Building I'm not sure how that worked but I remember one thing that was on his list was to go see David Letterman when he had been in college he was a Sigma Chi and David Letterman was a Sigma Chi, and so he wanted, and also he just, I mean, David Letterman was a pretty popular late night host, and so going to that show and being at a taping was pretty cool. You have to make your request really early. He made the request, and he put in, I think, I, I think they ask a question, or he offered the information that he was also a Sigma Chi. Now, who isn't? I mean, there are, uh, I mean, countless Sigma Chi's in the world or in the United States. It wasn't really a claim to fame, but he was grasping at anything to make sure we got those tickets. And we needed the tickets for the specific time that we were going to be there. It wasn't like we could just get tickets and then go whenever they were going to give us the show. We could only go to taping of that particular show. Also, they only taped on certain days and we got our trip centered around being in town in time for taping. And he, let's just say he made the request for the tickets six months in advance. I don't know what the real timeline was, but let's just say. Then two months in advance, or even 
probably two months or six weeks in advance, he got a phone call from someone in the office and said, okay, are you really going to be in town this time? We don't like giving tickets to people that just submit. This This is the date of taping. Will you really be here? Yes, we will. Excellent. And then he mentioned again, I'm so excited to get to see David Letterman. I'm a Sigma Chi. I've always um, been a huge fan, super fan, not a super fan, but I'm, I'm a huge fan. And we're real excited to go. We go to... Um, you have to go at four o'clock to no you had to go at three I don't remember the specifics I'll make this part up you had to go at two o'clock to check in I think it was three though you had to go at three o'clock to check in and they what what turns out now what we know now we did not know in advance what turns out is you go at three o'clock and we didn't know we, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if taping is at five, so we didn't know if you stay all the way from three to six. So taping is exactly an hour, and if it starts at five, do you go at three, get your seat assignment, and then stay and wait around? We did, we had no idea, so we cleared that portion of the day. Show up at three, and someone says to us, "Oh, come into this line." So we think, okay, and everyone else is going, look, they asked us to go to the right. Everyone else is going to the left. And so they peel us off, and we were probably two of 20 people that they peeled off. Maybe it was more than that, but it was still a really small number compared to everyone else that was lining up over on the left. When we got to the front of the line, they said, okay, guys, this is a very special night. Dave is doing audience interaction and you've been selected to sit in the first two rows. You're going to be on camera. So leave now, come back in an hour, and make sure that you are camera ready. That was amazing. So I sent out every text I could to anybody I knew. I posted on Facebook, set your DVRs tonight. We are going to be on David Letterman. That's all we knew. It was so exciting. I could not believe it. So we leave. We, I mean, we don't do anything about camera ready. I was already dressed. So, I mean, we, those were the clothes we were wearing. And I already looked the way I was going to look. So it didn't, no, nothing like that was going to change. We come back at four. Or I was, it was real short. They don't, they don't require, they did not at that time require a whole lot of time from the audience. We line up, we get to where we're supposed to be, and they whisk us in. We're in the second row, not dead center, but close to the center. We're just stage left of center in this episode. And I'm thinking, second row, is that okay? I guess they didn't like us exactly. They liked us, but not exactly. Oh, no, oh, no. The show starts. And, oh, the other part that I found fascinating was they tell you that when you're yelling, you know how the audience makes noises like uh, clapping and then a hooting and a hollering in the audience for a guest or for a funny joke or whatever. They said, 
and they were very specific. They said, do not go, woo. They said, that sounds so bad on TV through the mics. Do not make that noise. Whatever you do, do not make that woo noise. Asked us to please not woo. Now when I watch shows, I think, God, everybody should have picked up on that. It does sound so bad. You have to listen for it. It sounds so bad on uh, Regis and Kelly. It's not called that anymore, but Kelly and Ryan. That Gelman, he never picked up on it. And that woo sounds so bad when they do it. Price is right. Sounds so bad. Oh, and they said, don't do the price is right woo. Anyway, we and they were CBS, so they could say that. We are seated, we sit down, the show gets started, and he, David Letterman comes out from behind just the same way. It is exactly what you see on television is how the show is taped, which I didn't realize that. So even in commercial breaks, no one is speaking, no one's talking, we're just sitting there waiting for the next segment to start. You almost get your own break to where you don't have to smile, and in the second row, we were so conscious of potentially being on camera that, I mean, I was at attention the entire time. Plus, I mean, it was so amazing to be at David Letterman. What we heard, I forgot to tell you this, what we heard was, well, two theories. We heard that we were attractive enough to be on camera. I don't know if that's compared to whoever else was that day, if they genuinely just thought we were attractive. I always thought it was a smile. I got, I have a smile that I can turn on, and so I don't know if I had turned on the smile, and then I do have, like, smiling eyes, so maybe that helped. Sam tried to say that it was because he was Sigma Chi. Like, I just don't think that ever had anything to do with it. But I emphasized it three separate occasions. I'm like, I know, I know you did, but... I never subscribed to the fact that that was a benefit to our seating. I think we did come across as a polished group, you know, polished couple, and we weren't necessarily dressed to the nines by all. I was wearing jeans and this cute little top, green. It was solid. It wasn't super printed. My hair looked good. Probably, uh, I think it was on the attractive scale and probably the smile. Okay, back to the show. He, David comes out, he does his monologue. Oh, it's hilarious, ha ha ha. The guest that night was um, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks was the guest. And they only did one guest because Tom Hanks is such an A-lister that they give him all the segments. I don't know if that's two segments or three segments. I think it's two. I think the monologue is one and then you would have guest and guest comprised of three segments total. Tom Hanks got two segments. So we took a commercial break and came back. During the monologue, so prior to Tom Hanks even coming out, wait till I tell you who the musical guest was too. It was awesome. Prior to Tom Hanks coming out and towards the tail end, right before commercial of the monologue, this was during the Sarah Palin, um, this was right before the election, so this was November 
well, the race was on November 2nd. So this was October 30th, possibly, and of 2009. And so Sarah Palin was on the scene. This wasn't an election year, though, so I don't know. Anyway, Sarah Palin was on the scene, or she had just made a you know huge splash in the country. She was still the butt of all the late-night jokes. And David Letterman, at the end of his monologue, said, Well, guess what? Sarah Palin just killed a moose recently, and we have the jerky from the moose. We have Sarah Palin moose jerky. And he has it on a plate, and he leans down and hands it to the first person, which was relatively in front of us and says take some and pass it down and this is before covid obviously so none of us thought to germany and also we're on television so we all had already said yes and so he starts with the row in front of us they show the plate passing and it's moving pretty swift the camera is panning the plate and then getting each person's reaction as they lift it off the plate and also just the group of all of us having such a blast in the audience and we are on tv as that plate goes by and i mean and we're on tv for a while because we're also on when the plate went to the row in front of us so being in the second row was well i guess the first row would be on tv even when we were uh it was amazing we were totally on i have a photo of it i do not have it on tape we got a new dvr at some point after this and this was when you had to um when you got a new dvr or a new cable box then your dvr would just get erased i guess that's the same thing it's just now you can go on demand i don't I mean, we still use a dvr but not really not the same way that you did in 2009 so we lost the recording, but I have a photo of it that someone took from pressing pause. Maybe even I took it of pressing pause and then having the photo, still photo. And I would guess you could probably pull it up on demand. This would be October, probably October 30th, maybe 29th in 2009. Tom Hanks was the guest and Weezer. Weezer was the musical guest. Oh, so awesome. And they did the song, and now I can't even think of what it was. It was kind of a off, it was real, it became very famous. It was brand new. I had never heard it before. And they rehearsed, they rehearsed that song probably six times while we were lining up. And then again, when we were getting in line to actually go to the real taping and they played it over and over and over again it was awesome oh my gosh so good that was such a fun experience and we were totally on tv now i will tell you one shady thing real quick because we're on topic of the new york city marathon and i only did it the one time it's race day and we line up and we we were not even in the same classifications. I don't know where. I th feel like I started on the top level of the bridge, and maybe he started on the bottom level of the bridge. The bridge, and now I can't even think. It's from Staten Island. Is that the Queens? I don't know the name of the bridge, but anyway, maybe it's called the Staten Island Bridge. I have no idea. Anyway, it's double decker, and so when you line up to start the race, you 
I have to get to Staten Island extremely early, hours in advance, two hours, three hours, whatever. And then you get in your corral, and it's you and maybe a hundred people. It's really small, and it's based on your projected finish time. And then they had porta potties lined up there, so I just kept going round and round and round because you never want to stop to go to the bathroom on the race course. You want to get that all out of your system prior to starting the race. And so we said goodbye the minute we got to Staten Island. Never saw him again. And then he was projecting to finish really, really fast. And I was projecting to have a good race, but I had no idea what would happen. And um, so we start the race. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. But we get to the finish line. The finish line was in Central Park, um, almost extremely close to Columbus Circle. Christy lived at 71st or 72nd and Columbus real real um close to the finish line and and either even if she wasn't close she would have been at the finish anyway so she comes to the finish and i did always think about this i did always think what a jerk she was at the finish line in the grandstands when he came across she'd been tracking both of us the entire race because they had racer tracking so you could see where your racer was throughout the course and so she could see and so she knew what time he was going to finish and when to get there she got herself to the grandstands and shot video of him crossing the finish line and then went down to go meet him and was never there for when i finished couldn't even find them when i was finished i'm such an idiot in 2009 i should have known we didn't break up till 2012 anyway um that's the end of that that's my shady ending <laughs> to what was really a fabulous experience of being on david letterman that was so fun um if i can remember i'll post a picture to the instagram page because it's so awesome anyway okay i hope you guys are doing great and i hope that we um again happy new year very excited about 2023 yesterday I was with my sister and we were talking about all I said oh, I just have the best year laid out for 2023 I'm turning 50 in March and we have really cool trips um, sprinkled throughout the year friends are turning 50 another friends getting married so many exciting things are happening throughout the year and plus just our our regular everyday lives are fun so Anyway, I'm excited about 2023. Not that it's going to be some save all. Like I've from 19 to 20, I had these glasses that were, you know, the the New Year's Eve glasses. We had a the the New Year's Eve from December 23rd, December 31st, 2019. We hosted a six-person dinner party where I made lobster, I think it was surf and turf, but I think it was only lobster, so no turf. We only had lobster, that's what it was. And But I made them all, and we had this gorgeous spread, and then someone fell down the stairs. That was my favorite. I loved it. It made me so excited. She was continually apologetic. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I don't care. You're not hurt. You spilled beer everywhere. And I love every second. I love 
when someone else has a moment and it's not me. So thankful for that. And then another girl had a complete weird meltdown, super weird <laughs> meltdown, and had to go home at 1130. I loved it. I loved it. Now, I've never spoken to her since, but I loved at the moment the fact that people were just falling apart at my party, which means I really was a good host. I mean, the drinks must have been flowing, which is the sign of a fabulous host. So I was excited about that. And I remember thinking, our future is so bright. The, the, the 2020 um, New Year's Eve glasses were two and then a zero and then two and a zero. And through the zeros were the glasses. And then, and you know, they probably had like baubles on the front or on the top. You know, those glasses from Party City or Target or whatever. We had those and noisemakers and hats and all kinds of stuff. And I remember putting on those glasses and our future's so bright. Our future's so bright. This is great. And then 2020 hits. And I had a great lockdown. I, I did not have a problem with lockdown. I liked being in the house. We had a big house and it had lots of sunshine in that March. And I just laid out all the time. I was super tan and that went fine. But it wasn't the bright year that we were all expecting. So, and, and just because I had a great March doesn't mean everybody else did. And what everybody else did, you know, matters to me too. So, anyway, that taught me to not put so much pressure on how great the year is going to be. A year is going to be as great as you make it. And that's now where I am to think like, wow, I'm going to have a great year. Not because this, this, this is going to happen, but because we've already made this, this, this plan. And so I'm thrilled about that. I have no plan for my birthday yet. I've come up with a thousand ideas of what I want to do. And I've told a million people of what I am doing. However, nothing's booked. And I seem to be sitting on it. I've got, when I am back in January, I'm going to book that party. Because I really do want to celebrate. And Bryce is on board to celebrate. He turns 50 also, but not till September. So we're going to do that totally two separate. First, we had talked about having a group, maybe like in June, split the difference and wait after March and before September and have a mutual party. And then we thought, no, I'm going to have a party because I really want it. He's not really a party host kind of person. He's a great attendee, but he's not um, real excited about the details of putting a party together. I am. And I like the details better than the actual day. So between the two of us, we're perfect because he is awesome on the day of. And I end up going to bed early. So this will work out great. I'll get all the details together. Everyone will have an amazing time. I'm sure there will be someone that falls down the stairs. I'm sure there will be a meltdown. And I cannot wait. And I just wish all of you a happy new year. I hope everybody makes at least one plan that they can be so excited about. All right. Love you guys. Chat soon.